0: We are in a series called Me and My Big Fat Mouth. Wow, that's... <laughs> well, man, I have loved it so far. <laughs> yeah, if, uh, if you missed the first two lessons in that series, you can go to the website, ncctyler.org, and you can listen from there. Even better... You can go to the Apple iStore and sign up and get the podcast sent right to you. Yes. So I've got the third one here, and my lesson is called Grumble, Grumble, Complain, a Love Story. Yeah. You know, I wrestled around with this. It's tough to take the, the theme of grumbling and complaining And turn it into a lesson that everybody's just going, man, I've got to hear more. I've got to hear more. But what I want you to to understand is that, um, and by the time we get done, you will see that grumbling and complaining affects our ability to love. So when we get down there, you will see it's more than just having issues with something or complaining about something. It's really affecting our ability to love. Now, I usually start my lessons with with a story, but I thought I would do something just a little bit different this morning. I thought I would entertain you all for the next few minutes with my thespian ability. (laughs) I'm going to do a one-man, one-act play for you called the Sunday morning grumble, the Sunday morning grumble, yeah, doesn't that sound awesome? So, uh, we're going to pretend this is my bed, and I'm asleep, okay? So, here we go. <sighs> hmm. Is it morning already? Oh, oh gosh, I hate mornings. I hate mornings. Mornings are the worst part of the day. Oh, grumble, grumble, complain. Oh my gosh, and it's Sunday morning too. I extra hate Sunday mornings. Oh, Sunday mornings are so rushed or so chaotic. I hate. I hate Sunday mornings, I hate them. Grumble, complain, complain, grumble, grumble. I need to use the bathroom. Yes, I am aware that there's another bathroom in this house but it's way down at the other end of the house. No, I don't want to use the other bathroom. Your daughter may have already been in there and I do not want to walk into a fog of perfume and hairspray. Even worse, your son may have been in there and I really don't want to walk into a fog that he made. Woman, when you start paying the bills around here, you can tell me which bathroom to use. I don't get any respect in this house. I don't get any respect. Grumble, grumble, complain. No respect. That's all I want is just a little bit of respect. A little R-E-S-P-E-C-T. A little respect. Oh, no, no, baby. Daddy is not yelling, okay? I'm not yelling. Grumble, grumble, complain. Grumble, complain. Well, I'll turn on the TV while everybody's getting ready, while these fashionistas are getting ready for church. I don't even know why you bother. Have you seen the way the pastors at that church dress? Could we not find a church where the pastor at least tucks his shirt in? Grumble, grumble, complain. Hey, when I was a kid, the pastor showed up every Sunday in a suit and tie. No, I'm not wearing a suit and tie. I want to be comfortable, but he should wear a suit and tie. <laughs> grumble, grumble, complain, grumble, complain. I'm gonna turn on the news. Oh my gosh. Oh, this country is going to hell in a handbasket. And it's all those Democratic Republicans' fault. Oh, I can't stand people that don't agree with me politically. Grumble, complain, complain, grumble. I wish just a big rock would fall out of the sky and kill them all. Grumble, 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 complain, grumble. Get in the car, get in the car, get in the car. Come on, get in the car, get in the car. Church starts at the same time every Sunday. Why are you always late? Why are we always going to the last moment? Get in the car, get in the car, get in the car. Oh, grumble, complain, grumble, complain, grumble, complain. The neighbor's not going to church why do I have to go to church he's going fishing I should be able to go fishing I know I don't like fishing but I should be able to go if I want to go I should be able I don't have to go to church don't you know it's not church that makes me a good Christian It's said I got Jesus in my heart <laughs> grumble grumble complain grumble complain oh my gosh look who's at the front door Oh, I hate it when he, she is at the front door. All they ever do is smile, smile. One of these days, I'm going to punch him right in his big smiling face. Oh, oh, how are you? Who could be that happy about opening the door and asking people if they're having a good day? Who could be that happy? Who could be that happy? Grumble, complain, grumble, complain. Good morning, brother. How you doing? I'm having a great day. How about you? Yeah, I love you too. I love you too. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm having a great. It's so good to be here at church. So good to be here at church. Do what? Life groups. Um, uh, life. Well, uh, when are they? the The third weekend of every, every month. You sure the third weekend of every month? Um, uh, well, you know I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm. Bu- yeah, I know I told you that last time. But I really am busy this time. Okay. Well, hey. You know you know how it is. We'll try to be there. We'll try to be there. There ain't no way I'm going to that stupid thing. (laughs) Grumble, complain. I don't want to sit around with a bunch of people I don't know. I don't have any friends in there. No, that's not the point of going to make friends. I don't want to be around those people. Grumble, complain. Grumble, complain. Why are they playing that song? They play that song all the time. I hate that song. Quit playing that song. And why do they jump around on stage? This is not aerobics. What's wrong with these people? Need to have a little reverence in the house of God. What's wrong with these people? Why are they playing a song I've never heard before? I hate it when they play new songs. I hate it. Why do they do that? Grumble, grumble, complain. Grumble, complain. Oh, here comes the pastor. Oh, Lord. Why does he talk so long? Why? Why does he never talk about anything that means something to me? What a stupid series, me and my big fat mouth. Like, I need that. (laughs) Grumble, grumble, complain. He knows that the game kicks off at 12. That man couldn't get done at 12 if he had to. He knows that I know there's a big old clock back there counting down, and I can look at it at any time. It's not counting down right now, so quit looking back there. I caught you. I saw those heads turned back around. Grumble complain, grumble, complain. Okay, finally he's done. Will you come on? Come on. Why do you pray so long? Why do you pray so long? Come on. Grumble complain. Grumble complain. Grumble complain. Okay, let's get out of here. Get out, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out before he sees us. Get out. Get out. He's at the front door. Get out. Get out. Oh, hey, Pastor. I love that message. Hit me right here. Man. I'm going to have to listen to that one again. I can't wait till that's up on the website. I'm going to have to listen to that one again. Yeah, let's get together sometime. I'm going to listen to that message again. <laughs> not. Not listen to that again. Where's my wife? She knows I'm ready to go. Where is my wife? Oh my gosh, who is she talking to? Who is she talking to? Why is she talking to them? Oh, please tell me she's not inviting them for lunch. Oh, Lord, why did you give me this woman? All she does is wear me out. She knows all I want to do is go home and rest and watch the ball game. Yet she invites people over. I don't like those people. I don't want to see those people. I don't want to be around those people. Grumble, grumble, complain. Lord, when it comes down to it, this is really your fault. God, this is all your fault. If you loved me more, I wouldn't be going through this. If you loved me more, I wouldn't have to deal with this. Grumble, grumble, complain. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We will have the audiobook version out very soon. 1 <laughs> Thessalonians 5:18 says and in the midst of everything be always giving thanks. For this is God's perfect plan for you. In Christ Jesus, let me throw out this little nugget of truth. You cannot always be giving thanks and always grumbling and complaining at the same time. Doesn't work. A couple of definitions just to make sure that we're on the same page. To grumble means to complain naggingly and constantly. Complain to express dissatisfaction in a fault-finding manner. Now, there's no saying that goes like this. Those who complain about the ball bouncing are usually the ones who dropped it in the first place. So I've got a question. How are we dropping the ball when it comes to grumbling And complaining. I got four quick things for you. How are we dropping the ball? The first way that we drop the ball when we grumble and complain is that grumbling and complaining questions God's goodness. It questions God's goodness. Psalms ninety-five nine. Your ancestors challenged me over and over with their complaining. Even though I had convinced them of my power and love, they still doubted my care for them. Now, let's think about what was going on and who the psalmist is referring to. He's he's referring to the children of Israel. Children of Israel had been in slavery for over 400 years. Then the Lord comes along, and he sets them free. He gets them out of slavery. Then he takes them through the the Red Sea. Remember, the Red Sea opened up, and they walked across on dry land, and when the enemy tried to follow them, boy, it swallowed them up. So he's gotten them out of slavery. He's delivered them from the enemy. Then they get over into this wilderness area, and there's not a lot of food, and there's not a lot of water, but the Lord continually gives them water, and he continually gives them food. He's taking care of them, correct? Yet they continue to complain. You know, it's human nature that we can find the bad stuff all the time. Even in the midst of good things going on, sometimes we will focus on the bad stuff. We will focus on something that we can complain about. Now, they were complaining about Moses, but Moses kept telling them over and over, you're not complaining about me, you're really Complaining about the Lord. So when we complain, we're really questioning God's goodness. Now, there are times that something's going on that you just need to to get out. You just need to say, right? So if you ever find yourself in a place that you must complain about something, as I tell the staff, complain up. Complain up, not to each other. Listen, complaining to somebody that's just sitting beside you doesn't always do any good, does it? Complaining to your dog is not going to help anything. And like the guy in our story, complaining to yourself does nothing but make you more angry and more grouchy. So if you need to complain, complain up. Complain to somebody who might be able to do something about your situation. Now... David, we see, he would always complain to God. You may be in a situation, you say, well, I've talked to everybody above me. Well, take it one step higher. Take it one step higher. Don't be that person that's always complaining. Don't be that person that's always complaining to everybody around you. Because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but we know who you are and we avoid you. Okay? We see you coming. If I'm coming up the hallway there and I see you and you're going, Pastor Chris, I've got to do something in children's ministry real quick. Okay? Don't be that person that's always complaining about something. You know why? It brings us to our second point how we've dropped the ball when we complain. When you're always complaining, it's discouraging. It's discouraging. In Nehemiah 4.10, Scripture tells us, Then the people of Judah begin to complain. The workers are getting tired, and there's so much rubble to be moved. We'll never be able to build the wall by ourselves. See, here's another story of God doing something absolutely miraculous. Yet people always find a reason to complain. See, Nehemiah... He lived in an age where Judah had been taken captive. You see, Israel had, had gone into a place where they actually split up. There was Israel and there was Judah. And as long as they followed after the Lord, everything was good. God blessed them. God, God gave them power over their enemies. And, but they got to a place where they were following after false gods. Why do we do that? Why? Do we see God do something awesome in our life, and then we still turn to something else? Now, I I, I doubt very seriously anybody in here has a golden idol at their house that you're worshiping, but I bet you got one of those big flat screen things that you worship every once in a while. Because you know what you spend the most of your time with is probably what you're worshiping. Ooh. See, we say we worship God, but how much time do we actually spend with him? When we really need him, when I'm in trouble, when it's about me, right? So here, here Judah had been in, in slavery. They had been captured by the Babylonians, and the Babylonians took them away. And they'd been in slavery for 70 years. And then the Lord comes along and he does something absolutely amazing. He moves on the heart of a heathen king. See, Nehemiah worked for the king. And the king said, what's going on? And he so, said, well, I'm, I'm just, Nehemiah's telling the, the king, I'm just upset because, you know, my, my homeland, it's in ruins. My, my city is in ruins. The, the temple where my, my, my God lives is in ruins. And God moves on the heart of a heathen king. He said, well, go fix it. Take your people and go fix it. So Nehemiah gets a group of people, and they go back to Jerusalem. Now, they know nobody's been there for 70 years. They know that before they left that the walls were torn down. They know that it's a mess. But God has done something miraculous. But when they get there, what do they do? (laughs) I'm tired. (laughs) There's so much to do. We'll never be able to do it all by ourselves. It's kind of whiny, isn't it? How often has God blessed us and then we turn and complain? There was a preacher in the 1800s named uh, Charles Spurgeon, a very famous man at the time. And he told a story one time during one of his his sermons. He said that uh, a heavy wagon was being dragged along a country lane very bumpy rutted lane and every time they would hit a bump every time they would you know kind of kind of move the the axles and the wheels they would just groan and whine and after a while the oxen turn around to the wheels and they go why are you crying out so much We're the ones doing the heavy lifting, but all you're doing is complaining. And then he went on to tell the the congregation that those who complain first in our churches are those who do the least. The gift of grumbling is largely dispersed among those who have no other talents. I think he was being kind of forward. (laughs) Who have no other talents or they keep what they do have hidden away. It's discouraging when people complain all the time. Let me be honest with you. If you're one of these people that are in the trenches with us all the time, if you're serving here in the church, and I know your heart and you know my heart, and and you come to me with a complaint, you know what? I'm going to listen. Listen. Why? Because I know that if you see something or are saying something, that it might be beneficial because your heart is for the ministry, your heart is for the kingdom, your heart is for the church. But if you're one of these other people, God bless your heart, who does nothing except spy out where we're missing it, I don't usually spend a lot of time listening to that. Now, I'll hear you. You come to me, I'll hear you. You know why? Because an old preacher told me one time, even 50% of what your enemy accuses you of is probably rooted in truth. So if you're saying something, I'm going to listen to it. But if you don't have the heart for the kingdom, if you don't have the heart for the church, and how do I know that you have the heart for the church? You're serving. Because saved people serve people. We serve. And all of you that are under conviction, right at this moment, there's a table right out there. Right after service, you can sign up for children's ministry. So why is, why is it so discouraging when people are always complaining? Why does nobody want to listen to you when you're always complaining? That brings us to our third point. How we drop the ball when we're complaining is that it's selfish. Let's just be honest. It is selfish. Jude 1.16 says, these people are grumblers and complainers living only to satisfy their desires. Grumblers and complainers living only to satisfy their desires. You have to understand that grumbling and complaining is birthed in your soul, not in your spirit. Because yeah, right. your spirit, man, is, is full of faith because it's full of God. It's where God lives. He lives in your spirit. And, and he's full of faith. So if you're being led by by the Spirit, you're going to be speaking truth and life. But let's be honest, because I'm not throwing any stones at anybody. I have grumbled and complained my share during my life, okay? It's birth of emotion. It's in our soul realm, in our emotion. It's in our mind. And what we're really saying is, I'm not getting my way. So I'm going to grumble and complain about it. If I was in charge, I would do it this way. Number one, that's pride. Number two, we're all glad you're not in charge. (laughs) God says that he resists the proud. If my whole attitude is I could do it better, I will do it better, and I'm just going to grumble and complain because it's not being done my way, that's pride. That's arrogant. And God doesn't listen to it. It's selfish. It's all about me. It brings it to the place where it is all about me. And everybody, I'm trying to tell you, everybody around around you knows it. Everybody around you knows that you're out for yourself. Our guy in the story, he was all about himself, wasn't he? It was all how he felt, what he wanted. And I know that that was a silly demonstration. As everybody's going, yeah, it was pretty stupid. (laughs) But I did it so you would see what other people around you are seeing. When it becomes about us, when it becomes all about me, what I want, what makes me happy. You know, I've heard stories of, of uh, one parent taking all the kids and going on vacation and the other parent staying at home. And this is a true story. Why'd you stay at home? Uh, because they weren't going to do anything I wanted to do. How about just enjoying some time with your kids yeah. and your spouse? But since it was all about them... They weren't gonna go. And then they grumbled and complained that the family had left them for a week by themselves. I had to stay here all by myself, cook for myself. Why do you think I got married so that woman could cook and wash for me? And then she goes off and. That was a joke. <laughs> Although, here's a little story. <laughs> no, that's a good story. I'm being told to stop. When I went to college, I was a pampered pup. I had never used a washing machine in my life. I did not even really know how to use a washing machine. My mom gave me a quick little run-through right before I left, and I went off to college, and the first time that I needed to do some laundry, and I went down to the little laundry area in the apartment complex. It might have, it, 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 it was like looking at the control panel for a NASA spaceship. Uh, What are all these dials and knobs? I don't know what to do with all of this. This does not look like the one my mom showed me. So I just quickly took my basket and went back to my apartment. Now, after a little while, I was completely out of clean clothes. So I got very creative. First, I started wearing some of my clothes into the shower because it's soap, right? (laughs) Just wash it off. And we'll hang it up to dry. Then one day I am walking uh, in my kitchen and I look down and I see this wonderful appliance that washes dishes. You put soap in it. It runs hot water through it. What's the difference? So I washed my clothes in the dishwasher because it had just an on and off button. Yeah. Well, there was this day, my apartment was on the second floor, and it, o- it overlooked kind of the common area, and there was this day that this little girl, this beautiful woman, was walking in front of my balcony, and I see her. She had a ponytail, and she was carrying a basket of laundry, <laughs> and I said, Lord... I want to know that woman. <laughs> That's the Marion kind right there. 28 years later, I still don't know how to use the <laughs> washing machine. There you go. Thank you. I love you. And I was right, she was even cuter close up than far away. Yeah. But it's not all about you. It's not all about you. We got to get out of this place where we think it's about us. You know, sometimes our, our, our grumbling and complaining, it's just all about us. I read this story not too long ago about uh, uh, the, a castle in Ireland. It's called the Blarney Castle. And at the Blarney Castle, there is a stone. And for some reason, people want to kiss this stone. Yep, sounds very unhealthy to me, but they want to kiss this stone. And a lot of people that travel to to Ireland, they make the trip to Blarney Castle so they can kiss the Blarney Stone. Now, one of the uh, tour guides was telling his group about another group that he had had earlier in the week because he would drive the van into town and pick pick up groups from the hotels and drive them back out to the castle, and then he would take them through the castle. And he was telling his group how he had picked up this, this one group, and he said the moment they got in the van, all they did was complain. All they did was grumble and gripe. They hated the weather in Ireland. They hated Irish food. Now, I've been in Ireland, so that's a little... They, they hated their hotel. They were griping about how, everything, how much everything cost. They were just griping about everything. So he's taking them through the castle and they're griping about how damp it is in the castle and how far they had to walk. Blah, 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 blah. And then they get up to the place. The very last thing that that you do on the tour is you get to go see the Blarney Stone. And they got up to where the Blarney Stone was and it had been roped off so they could do some repairs. And the woman who had been the chief... Grumbler and complainer this whole time. She just couldn't hold it in. She said, that's it, that's it, that's it. I hate this country, I hate this place, I hate this castle, I want to go home. I came here just to kiss that stone, and now I can't even kiss the stone. And the tour guide said, well, legend has it that if you kiss someone who has kissed the stone, or you kiss something that has touched the stone, you get the same good luck. And the woman looked at him and she said, Oh, I suppose you've kissed the stone? And he said, "Uh, No, ma'am, but I've sat on it. That's what people want to tell you when it's all about you. When it's all about you, people just want to say, So stop it. Stop being selfish. Okay, our last point. Our last point. How we've been dropping the ball when we choose to grumble and complain is it keeps us from loving as he loves. It keeps us from loving as he loves. Luke 15 verses 1 through 3. Many dishonest tax collectors and other notorious sinners often gathered around to listen as Jesus taught the people. This raised the concerns with the Jewish religious leaders and experts of the law. Indignant, they grumbled and complained saying, look at how this man associates with all these notorious sinners and welcomes them all to come to him. Here's the deal. The notorious sinners had been there all along. But the selfish heart of the grumblers never noticed except to complain about them. You see, Jesus was reaching out to those who were in need. How often are we like, God, I need, God, I need, God, I need, God, I need. And it's not that we don't need. But let's be honest, if God is pouring into us and we're like a sponge some of you couldn't hold anymore, you need to be squeezed out a little bit so you can take up some more. Once again, let me throw another pitch in there for serving. How do we squeeze out some of that sometimes? We serve. We serve. You know how hard it is to hear people complain about not wanting to work in children's ministry? Yet that is the ministry that is growing the fastest. We have so many kids back there. So many kids back there. And people will say, I don't want to work in children's ministry because I'd miss the service. And you just want to go, I'm not sure you're going to get much. (laughs) Thank you. Because if you think serving somebody else, is going to keep you from getting something from God you don't know God already. If you think rocking a baby so a single mom can sit in here and get get loved on is going to keep you from getting something you're thinking wrong. Once again, there's a table right out here. Right after the service, you can sign up for children's ministry. Yes, those notorious sinners had been there all the time. But Jesus gave attention to those that religion overlooked. And he always does that. It all comes back to love. Everything comes back to love. Love builds up. It doesn't tear down. And I've never noticed anybody that was grumbling and complaining because they wanted to build something up. They wanted to tear something down. They wanted to point out fault. And if that's a habit, if that's an attitude of heart, that's a problem. Once again, we're all going to see things from time to time that we need to express and we need to talk about. But I'm talking about if, if your spiritual gift is seeing everything wrong with every person around you and with every team in the church, if that's all you ever see is what's wrong and you never see anything that's right, I'd check my heart, because that's not the way that God operates. And that's why the sinners gathered around Jesus. So here's the question. Are we attracting sinners? Are we attracting those that God wants to minister to? Or, or are we just fulfilling the stereotype of what the world thinks of Christians anyway? Yeah. We sit in here, judge everybody out there, and we're probably judging everybody in here too. Because grumbling and complaining will lead you to a place of judgment. It will lead you to a place where you are making judgment about those around you. So what do I want you to know? I want you to know that grumbling and complaining is selfish, it's discouraging, and it's ultimately an accusation against God. If you can't sit through a worship service without seeing everything that is, that is wrong with the worship service, if you've sat out here and just sat there and go, he thinks he's funny, doesn't he? Well, he just thinks he's funny. I wish we'd get somebody up there that could really open the Bible. Maybe one of these days we will, but right now you're stuck with me. (laughs) It will keep you from loving others as he loves them. Because you'll be so busy nitpicking that you will miss the fact that God runs notorious sinners close to us so we can influence them but we spend so much time going oh don't touch me with your dirty nasty sinny things it might rub off on me don't come around me with that that's not the heart of God the heart of God is come 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 And he didn't preface it with, well, when they get cleaned up and everything's okay, then they can come. No, he said, whosoever will. Come. Come. I don't want to ruin your day, but the only reason that you are here on this earth is to love people in Jesus' name. You may do a lot of other things in life, but the core of who we are is loving people no matter who they are, no matter what they're going through, no matter their struggle, we love them. We love people. So what do I want you to do? I want you to think differently. I want you to think about the people that you work with. The ones that are going to come in tomorrow morning And talk about, oh, the party they had over the weekend. They're gonna come in and they're gonna have a bad attitude. They're gonna be the ones griping and complaining about everything. I want you to think differently. I want you to think that you are a light in a dark place, whether it's school the job in the store You know Jesus wasn't really concerned about where he was He just did Jesus things And we're here to be Jesus people Wherever we go So think differently recognize that your words affect others and it affects your attitude Ask the Lord to expose the areas in your life and in your heart where you've been prone to complaining. And then ask Him to help you use your words to encourage. Could you stand with me? I know some of this has been silly this morning. It's a heavy subject. It's a heavy topic. And we've all been guilty of it. So I just want us to take a moment. If you wouldn't mind, just bow your head and close your eyes with me for a moment. Let's ask the Lord. You may not even be aware of it. You may be a super loving person. And you're not even aware what a grumbler and a complainer that you've been. And maybe it's just been a season. Maybe it's been some things you've been going through. Let's just ask the Lord right now. Lord, is there an area in my heart? Is there a place in my life where I've been grumbling and complaining? And Lord, I want to take that as, as He shows it to you. If He shows you something. Just just symbolically, we're going to take it. and Lord, we're just going to give it to you. Lord, take this. Take this. Because it's selfishness, it's pride. It may even come out of hurt. But, Lord, I ask you to take this so I can love people the way that you love people. I want to be effective for the kingdom. I want to be known as that person at work. At school, I want to be known as that person that loves. I don't judge. I love. Because, Lord, I want to love people in your name. I want them to know you.